the nonprofit MBA purpose is to provide new business insights and fresh creative ideas for executive directors and their teams that will help them improve their organization. Here is your host, Stephen Holastic. Welcome, everyone. My name is Stephen Holastic, and I'm co-founder and managing partner of Financing Solutions. Financing Solutions is the leading provider of lines of credit to nonprofits. Our line of credit program is easy, inexpensive, and costs nothing until used, making it a great cash backup plan for your nonprofit. If you'd like to learn more about the program, please visit us at nonprofitmbapodcast.com. And if you decide to apply today, we will even give you a $250 credit on file. Or feel free to give us a call at 862-207-4118. Just remember, the time to set up your line of credit is today, not when the emergency actually comes up. And keeping in mind that the line of credit doesn't cost anything to set up, it's a smart idea to kind of get it in place. And I think that the pandemic taught us anything about uh, life or business or your nonprofit, it's that it's better to be prepared. And honestly, uh, you may not have been prepared for the pandemic, but you certainly could have been prepared for the recession that we're going in right now. And that's what the line of credit is good for, for an emergency situation or for a new opportunity. Again, if you're interested, just visit our website at nonprofitmbapodcast.com. Today, I am excited speaking with Chris Moshevitz. No, it's Moshevitzis. Correct, Chris? Moscovitis, yes. Yeah, Moscovitis. I knew I was going to kind of butcher that one, but it wasn't too bad. Well, it doesn't roll exactly off the tip of your tongue. <laughs> From Technology Management Group, Chris is an active speaker and writer and delivers workshops on a variety of topics, including cybersecurity, security, privacy, information technology, strategy, governance, and execution, and also digital and business transformation. Chris is particularly sought after by private industry, academic institutions, and nonprofits for his ability to explain complex IT and cybersecurity topics in a plain, easily understood, and actionable languages or language. Chris's uh, past book, Cybersecurity Program Development for Business, The Essential Planning Guide, was published by Critical Acclaim by Wiley in 2018. And his second book, which just came out, Privacy, Regulations, and Cybersecurity, The Essential Planning Guide. Uh, no, that's not the name of it, right? Yeah, it is, right? Yeah, it is. It, it, yeah, yeah, just came out. So yeah. <laughs> again, uh, Privacy, Regulations, and Cybersecurity, The Essential Planning Guide. Chris is a founding board member of One in Tech, a foundation promoting gender parity, equal access, and education and technology and cybersecurity Chris's company, Technology Management Group, which started in 1989, prepares your IT strategic plan and helps you with your IT budget. It can also uh, help you manage all your technology so that it aligns with your business as well as address any tech and software projects that you undertake. Chris, welcome to today's Nonprofit MBA podcast. Stephen, it's a pleasure to be here and join you. So today's topic, you know, I always get excited when I see a uh, exciting topic. And, you know, I would say 90% of the topics that we cover in the Nonprofit MBA podcast are really good. And, I, you know, I was thinking about this over the weekend. And I'm like, if you listen, if you were the executive director or on the nonprofit board for your nonprofit uh, and you listen to every one of these podcasts that I do with the guests that I have, with the experience that my guests have – 
uh, not so much for me, but uh, of my experience, but for my guests, you, your nonprofit will run so much better. And uh, that's because of the power of the guests I have. And, you know, Chris has, you know, over 30 years of experience in IT. And, you know, today's topic is how nonprofits can compete using technology. And what a great topic, especially because, you know, a lot of our uh, uh, listeners are under $5 million in revenue um, for their for the nonprofit. So, you know, it's not like all of them are using technology to their, to their fullest. So, so Chris, what, what has been your experience when it comes to a, uh, a younger uh, company or a younger nonprofit uh, about their use of technology? Is it good or, or is it bad? Uh, it is complex. Uh, you're asking a great question, and it really links uh, the history of nonprofits and being driven by the, the, the vision and the mission of the organization, and also the history of technology. And, all, and certainly, uh, I won't want to discuss what's going on over the past period of 30 years. I think we all have seen an, a transformation that's just short of science fiction. Uh, but even as short as two or three years ago, uh, the technology has shifted so dramatically and, and opportunities have opened up for everyone using technology to compete in a way that saves them money and time, unlike any other time in human history. Uh, so now you take that environment and bring it into a small nonprofit and you get very different reactions. One of the reactions is to trivialize uh, information technology and cybersecurity and say, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, I, I'll go to Best Buy and buy a computer or I'll use TechSoup and that will be the end of my problems. And and you forget that we are talking about the most powerful tool humans have ever created, which is information technology. You can now use information technology as a nonprofit in an extremely affordable way because there's many, many companies that support the mission and get yourself tools that were unthinkable just three years ago. Yeah, I, I have a vision right now that, that I, I could say, you know, I think a lot of people think who, who are running a nonprofit, one, they're, they're not technically literate. So that's, that's a problem, right? And, and so number two is I think that they think of, they don't think of technology as, a, as an advantage, and and I think those those two things combined cause not uh, can cause a nonprofit to run inefficiently. That's right, and, you know. And so I I could I can really see Chris after reading your bio and 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 uh, you know and looking at your website too that you know the ability to bring somebody in like yourself and to plan you know I mean I could see where bring you in and say, tell me what I need to do to be more productive. What technology do we need to be more productive and to reduce our costs? Um, and tell me what we need. And so the point here is planning. Right, right. And, and, and you literally just described our ideal client, a, a person that is uh, informed and understands their business and understands the world they're operating in, but also knows the critically important thing of 
I know what I don't know. So I need to talk to Steven about, you know, my credit line. I need to talk to Chris about my IT. I need to talk to Mary about my, you know, legal issues. I need to talk to Bob about human resources. Having that ability to see past yourself and recognize your gaps and bring in expertise is a sure sign of success. Otherwise, you're using blindfolds. You're ignoring technology, you're ignoring cybersecurity, and now, more than ever, you cannot ignore those two. For one, you're missing a huge opportunity in terms of revenue and operating efficiencies. But for two, you are now exposed because of privacy and regulations and cybersecurity issues. Your small nonprofit is on the same hook as Google. If there is a breach in your nonprofit, let's say you're offering services to abused women. And therefore, you have an extensive database of women that have been, that have been abused and uh, the services that you are providing to these women and so on and so forth. If this database is breached, you could potentially be exposing pe- people's medical records. You may be exposing people's criminal records. Can you imagine the kind of liability associated with something like that? Yeah, I, 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 I wasn't even thinking about the cybersecurity end of it. And, you know, it's certainly... You know, what you're talking about, the scenario you just gave us, uh, there is a lot of private records are involved. And I can okay. tell you right now, I doubt very much the nonprofits um, are, are that, you know, I'm sure they have great intentions, but because they don't understand right. technology, they don't know that it could be exactly. easily breached, right? Exactly. exactly. You're absolutely right. And, 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 and there is two factors that come to play on that. I mean, if, if you're not, if you don't have visibility to the threat, then you're not going to do anything to protect it. It, it. it may indeed be the case where there's limits to what you can do to protect yourself. But just as a matter of, uh, you know, due care, you must take the steps to protect the organization. Uh, but at the same time, uh, you, you have opportunities right now to not only protect the organization with state-of-the-art cybersecurity that is like ridiculously affordable by all of these tech companies that are essentially giving things for free, uh, but also to take advantage of such extraordinarily powerful technologies that are available on the cloud with no servers, no infrastructure, with pennies for the dollar in terms of access fees, and you have the same kind of tools that you know put people on the moon. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I, I hate to put you on the spot like this, but I'm going to do it. You know, could you think about? At the scenario where you were brought in to a company um, within the last two years, let's say, that was smaller. And I mean, you know, again, I hate to put you on the spot, but but where they did do what we say, Mm -hmm. and I guess we, you know, you could be honest if it hasn't really happened, but where they brought you in early and you you plan things out with them. From a technology standpoint, now it may not right. be cybersecurity, it may be cybersecurity, but it could, you know, it's also about productivity tools as well. Right. So, so what was like the first thing that you noticed? So uh, there, I have a lot of examples. Obviously, I cannot reveal client names. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. that can be identified. Yeah. But uh, there are there are great examples, um, such as uh, uh, a client in, in Texas, which is a, a very large uh, a, a nonprofit um, that did exactly that. That said, hey, 
We don't know what we don't know. We, we have exposure. We need to figure this out. Sit down. Help us out. Let's have a conversation, which was a beautiful, beautiful thing to do. And it, it really created a partnership that was unbeatable. And then we have other clients in a variety of sizes, including small and big nonprofits, uh, that just took, took the complete opposite uh, approach and buried their heads in the sand that the problem is going to go away. And the problem didn't go away. And, you know, some of them did not make it through the pandemic exactly because they were not ready to do remote work, exactly because they had not explored alternatives to different tools that can be available from the cloud. They hadn't protected their employees. They haven't enabled remote communications and access and so on and so forth. So so there were a lot of nonprofits that were, that, that were hurt. You know, I have a good friend who is an executive director of uh, of a nonprofit up, up in Minnesota, and one of the things that, that she said is like, look, uh, Mission and vision drives this organization always. But here's a harsh reality. No money, no mission. So so anything that I can do to maximize my operating efficiency, anything that I can do to save money, anything that I can do to protect my organization from threats, I'm going to do because that guarantees my survival. Yeah, yeah. So what what is the, I mean, let's just start off with a, productivity standpoint from a productivity standpoint either now over the next couple years people uh uh, nonprofits that are not using technology that much what what do you think that that is the the area that they need to focus in on well um so the, the the area that you should try to focus now, especially post-pandemic, is, and it will sound crazy, get yourself out of the technology business. Step one. And by that, I mean you're, you're a small nonprofit. There is zero compelling reason, pending review, of course, because if, if your nonprofit is like a really a fringe case, there may be cases where you need on-premises solutions. But 99% of the nonprofits right now, especially the smaller nonprofits, would benefit by wholesale move to the cloud. And there are essentially three major providers, right? So we can just, we can just cut to the chase here. You, you can go with Google, you can go with Microsoft, or you can go with Amazon, the end. I mean, yes, there is other providers out there, but really, really, realistically, there are three major players. Um, and all of them have infrastructure and services that you can consume from the cloud that can make your organization extremely efficient for pennies on the dollar. So the first thing that we do when we go in is understand what the mission and the vision of the organization is, understand what the budgets are, understand what the culture is, because this is just absolutely critical, and then come up to a plan that includes that picture completely. And that's how we roll out the technology in a cybersecurity plan. It's driven by the organizational reality and the budgets of the organization as opposed to, ooh, I know, I want to buy a lot of switches with blinking lights and they look really cool, which is what most technologies out there sell to people. Yeah, so um, it's like let's let's uh, make this simple for our our listeners because you know it may not be as technology oriented. Mm-hmm. So certainly the cloud means you know you know instead of you having servers in your a server in your office or a computer in your office, in essence, you have a server somewhere else 
and you're sharing that server with other people. And, and so like an example with my company, Financing Solutions, you know, a number of years ago, we were all saving these documents that we had on our own computers. Right. And then, um, you know, and then when like someone needed it, we would email it to them. You know, not only, I don't mean a customer, I just mean someone internally. Right. And we, right. And we moved to Google drive. Right. Mm -hmm. So now when we ever, we, you know, we put a proposal out, um, we, we save it to the drive and then everybody knows, uh, you know, people have access rights and, and people know when they need that document, they can go to that, a folder and it's, uh, it's saved there. It's, it certainly doesn't take up as much computer, uh, space and it's, you know, it's uh, more, it's definitely very productive and it's, it's amazing. Like now, uh, we do that with all, so many different things. It makes us so much more productive. Yeah. And, and, you know, no, energy, and no energy costs, no security costs, nothing. Right. Right. So, um, so that's what we're talking about with the cloud, but you know, what's interesting is that, you know, we, we, you think this discussion is about technology, but it's not, it's, it's about process improvement. That's right. Right. And so you, you know, you kind of talk about, you know, when I'm sure Chris, when you go in, you're, you're, you're finding out about clients operations and because you understand technology or, you know, you, you say your clients, Oh, you know, this is what you should use for that because uh, this is the benefit, yeah. you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so number one is moving to the cloud with a lot of um, various different processes that make it easier for everybody to um, access things quicker. Right. What else? What else? Well, uh, the, the, the interesting thing, and, and depending on your age of your listeners, this will make or not make any sense. We've we sort of kind of come a little bit of a full circle in technology. Because if you remember many, many years ago, and it's not actually that many, 20, 30 years ago, it's not that, that long ago, there used to be something called service bureaus. Does that ring a bell at all? Back in the time, you know, there were no personal computers, no laptops, no no smartphones. They were all the big computers. Remember, the really bulky computers and terminals? Well, there were companies that would have their own mainframes and they would just lease out time of the mainframe so you can run your accounting, for example. Well, that's what the cloud is. The cloud is essentially computers in somebody else's location and they're just renting time for your organization on those computers. And that's where the savings comes in. Sometimes this computer, this server can be shared, like you said. Sometimes it can be entirely your own, depending on your needs. Yeah, I, I get it. I get it. What about, um, did you think people are having issues with, with um, people working remotely? Um, oh, you know, yeah. where you now you now say, okay, we're going to get rid of our office and everyone needs to work remotely. Um you know, I mean, it's kind of easy nowadays with Zoom and everything like that. But you know, I, I, I guess your phone system, your computer uh-huh. network. What do you what do you think the issues are coming up of, of people working remotely now? Well, you know, we have been uh, very busy during the pandemic <laughs> addressing exactly these kinds of questions. Yeah. And, and, and so, okay, so let's start with the easy part. The easy part is we now have the technology in the form of laptops, in the form of very fast internet available in every home, essentially. In, in, in metro, major metro areas, 
and even your phone system. Now, all of these phones are VoIP, so you can literally move your computer home, move your your desk phone from work home, plug it into your home system, and you're now connected. And if you're only using the cloud, things things can get easier. Uh, if this uh, this this environment though we just described did what? It took the physical boundary of your office where all of this equipment and data was somewhat protected and curated by theoretically somebody that's running IT and cybersecurity and moved that boundary out to include your home. Well, now we have a problem because your home is not an office. Your home has children in it and it has partners and it has people coming in and out, potentially other people using your own computer. That computer could be infected easily, especially if it's used for personal reasons and you don't have all the protections in place. So, and the next thing that happens is that computer at home gets infected and that virus propagates right through your lovely VPN back into your own home office network. So it has caused the, the, the work from home thing, if not done right, can cause enormous problems. And there is enormous operational problems in terms of security and efficiency, but there's also legal problems because if I'm your employer and I say, Steve, guess what? You now get to work from home because of X, Y, Z reasons, pandemic, this, that, the other, whatever have you. Uh, You're going to use your computer, you're going to use your phone, and uh, that'll be that. Okay, Steve? It's like, well, wait a minute. So now I just bought my own equipment. You didn't give them to me. I'm responsible for the maintenance of my own equipment. You're not maintaining it. And I'm also somehow liable to make sure that I don't infect you. And by the way, if I separate from your organization, what happens to the data that are inadvertently on my computer because I was doing job for you? So you are going to, what, ask me to ensure that I delete them? You are going to delete them yourself remotely? Well, ho, ho, ho. Because if you try to delete records on my computer remotely, and you delete any of my personal data, we have a lawsuit. So things are not that simple. You have to think it through and arrive at solutions that are practical and easy to implement. Yeah, and, and also involved in uh, both um, backup uh, as far as uh, is the data being backed up correctly. Now, if you move it to the cloud, it's not so the cloud. It's not so bad. Right. But um, but uh, also virus protection of the computer as well. Exactly. You know. Um, yeah. So, so we talked about like a little bit about productivity. We talked about a little bit about, you know, um, security issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, what other things, uh, we talked about phone systems and, 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 you know, integration and those type of things. Uh, what other things are, are you seeing in regards to, I, I know one area of nonprofits, you know, they do a lot of, and that is communication with their, uh, donors. Right. Right. Um, You know, rather be through email or, you know, or using some type of uh, constant contact. Exactly. uh, Constant contact. Right. I mean, what is there anything that you're seeing that clients are asking you in regards to those areas? Um, It depends on how the function is performed and clients always keep asking for for a better way to use, to to enrich communications with donors, board members, even stakeholders. 
Uh, I think the kind of services that we briefly touched upon provide an excellent mechanism and, and a good control to communicate with your stakeholders. Trying to do it on your own by sending blast emails from your Gmail account is, is certainly not recommended. Yeah. Uh, you know, definitely not recommended. I, I think what what what's useful. What what is a, a takeaway advice to to an executive director of a small nonprofit listening um, to your excellent podcast? Uh, well, the advice is take a minute, just take a minute, and and think through uh, what is it that you're doing with technology. And if you're having a hard time answering that question, if your knowledge about your organization's use of technology is peripheral. It's like, yeah, I know we have computer accounting is running on them and we have some database talking to the donor and have that. And I'm not worried about it because, you know, Mary is dealing with it. If that's your reality, you need to take pause and you need to really spend a little bit of time understanding your environment and then ask a trusted partner, in-house, out-of-house, a consultant, whoever you want, ask them to check on this reality for you. It's like, am, am I doing the right thing? Am I missing something? Am, w- what is the story here? How can I do this better? I think that that would be the actionable, actionable takeaway. Yeah, I, I'm going to go one step further, Chris. And I think if you're, like most of us, if if you're, listen, we're not technology people, okay? I mean, I think that you have to focus on your your internal processes and you you look at what you do on a daily basis, your what your company, your nonprofit does on a daily basis. And I think you got to go to an expert like yourself and say, this is what we do. How how can we make it more efficient? Right. All right. I I just don't think unless you understand what technology and even then, you know, uh it, even if you do understand what technology can do, it's still uh it's still driven by how can I improve this process? Yeah. Um, you know, the, the thing is, is the answer a lot of time is technically is a technology solution. Yeah. It really yeah. is. It's not doing something faster with, uh, you know, uh, cutting out a process. It's right. really, you know, a technology solution out there that's sitting there waiting for you to use it, and you just don't know it could be done that way. The okay. the value, I, you know, at one time I owned a company that placed um, IT consultants, uh-huh. and uh, and these were really high level people, you know, such as yourself, and uh, and you know, the thing that's the value with a consultant is that they are working with like a hundred different clients mm-hmm. and they see mm-hmm. what everybody else is doing right. and you benefit in that. Exactly. You know, as a, as an executive director at a nonprofit, as a board member, you know, bringing someone like Chris on Chris in, I mean, you, you see what other companies are doing so you can be build and bring best practices to your clients. That's right. And, and I think that's you know pretty powerful. Yes, you're right. It, it, it is very, very powerful. Um, 
earlier you mentioned something that was really smart. And, and you said, you know, this isn't about technology. This is about business. And this is about governance and, and operations and, and best workflow and leadership and all that. And you're right. It is for all of these things. And, and, and consultant will help you achieve all of these things. But the first thing that needs to happen, and that has been a challenge. It has been a challenge particularly in the nonprofit world, but also in other businesses as well. And the challenge is people, executive directors specifically, senior management specifically, needs to be willing and to be open enough to take in advice. They need to feel secure in their own world to ask for the advice, and they need to be grounded enough to say, yeah, I don't know what I don't know. I'm going to take in this advice. Think about it if this applies to my world and then execute accordingly. If it works for me, if it doesn't work for me, what have you. That ability to be grounded, to be present, and to allow for external feedback to be integrated with your company is the difference between success and failure. Because if you have senior management that's insular, doesn't want to talk to anybody, is closing the doors, hiding their heads in the sand and say, we're operating just fine, you know, talk to the hand, there's nothing <laughs> that you can do there. This so so that sounded like my wife talking to you. Talk, 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 talk to my hand. <laughs> you know, I'm going to add, Chris, two things that you um, that you said for for an example. And the first thing is, um, if you're a smaller nonprofit, one million dollars a year, maybe in revenue, or you know, more or less, whatever. Mm-hmm. That if you if you have an expectation to grow and to get bigger, um. The bigger you get, the more complicated your organization will become. And what technology there you can't grow bigger than three or four million dollars if you don't start building a technology infrastructure in place that allows you to handle the amount of people that you're going to have working for you or the processes that are going to go on. So what I'm trying to say is if you might if you're smaller, you might be being held back because you're not utilizing technology. And if you want to get bigger, you're going to have to be better from an IT perspective. That's my first comment. That's a great comment. And I, and you know what? I don't, uh, I don't have as much insight in as a nonprofit in that, but I'll tell you from a small company standpoint, if you're a for-profit business, I know that to be definitely true. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Now, the the second thing I would I'm going to give you an example is I was having this one problem with my company um, where you know we were using something called CRM, Customer Relationship Management, and we were using a Microsoft uh, Dynamic product, mm-hmm. and um, you know a Microsoft Dynamic product is it just it's not built for any one particular industry. Right. It's just as big, huge database. And what it allows you to do is to manage your, uh, your customers and manage the prospects that you have coming in. So when we first started our, our company financing solutions, you know, uh, 10 years ago, um, we, we, we started using Microsoft dynamics. We used it for a couple of years and it, you know, it did what we wanted, but we were having issues where, when leads were coming in uh, for clients that wanted a line of credit, um, it was kind of getting lost sometimes in the shuffle. 
of of the other leads. And then w- people that we didn't get a hold of the first time would get lost. Right. And, and, and so they wouldn't get called again and again and again, right? Because sometimes you just miss them, right? Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and so, you know, I was kind of looking for a solution and I, you know, a better solution. And I was like, what I want this software to do is I wanted to constantly remind you when a lead comes in that you have to follow up with them. Number two is I want you to have the automated tools be able to automatically call them by hitting a button right. uh, to automatically leave a message or to automatically send an email or to reply with automated responders. Sure. And, you know, I wanted to be able to distribute leads um, evenly amongst our account managers. And so I, I go to this conference, um, which was for, um, uh, not related to CRM, but mm-hmm. for thing. And right then and there was a software which did exactly what I wanted. Oh, I mean, perfect. it did every single thing plus, right? And and it was actually uh, built for the mortgage industry. So uh-huh. that and and I so I brought it back. We implemented it. It was easy to implement, and within a month, it completely transformed my company. That's amazing. You know, we are, yeah, I mean, our close ratio of clients, we were getting a hold of people, our salespeople, our account managers loved the software. It was easy for everybody to understand. And there were, there were a ton of other add-ons that, that really helped our organization. And, you know, we're uh, companies called Philosophy, but, um, but here's an example of where this one software just made a huge difference in the majority of the things that we did for the company. And then you combine that with the, when we moved to Google drive and, you know, a couple of other things, it was really, really helpful. So, you know, really testimonial to the idea how one software product or something that's technology or oriented can transform your, your organization. Yeah, that, that, that is a great story and a beautiful example. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that you were able to find the, the package that was uh, working best for you. Uh, in a way, the process that you went through, which was a process of due diligence and discovery and understanding your needs and trying to find the product that fits, is very, very similar to the kind of process that any executive director should take when they're looking at their nonprofit, their operations, and where the gaps are. What can yeah, we open? Yeah, yeah, like I knew the process that I wanted, you know, right. and, it, you know exactly. and then I had to go find the right technology that would do it. You know? Exactly, and boy, I, I, just, I have to say, I got really lucky finding it because, um, you know, I I knew we had the problem, but you know, going to find that type of software that did exactly what we needed was was extremely helpful. Now, the benefit in the nonprofits that the, is that there are software companies out there that specialize in creating products that are yeah. just for yeah. nonprofits. You know, which is a, is a good vertical, and and again, that goes back to the idea is if they're helping other nonprofits. Then, um, then that they usually build features into the product that's going to help your nonprofit as that's well. Right. So right. it's you know nice to have that little vertical right there. It is so, very nice. It is yeah. very nice. Uh, that doesn't uh, excuse you from doing your due diligence and making sure that this is a viable company with a good product and good references. Yes, 
Regardless. Yeah, and I also think that you know, I there's been times when I've jumped and made a change, and I found something better later, and I was like, right. oh, I shouldn't have done that. So I should have done a little bit more due diligence. So yeah, um, I mean that's that, that's part of the th- of, of of the issue. The other part of the issue is that uh, you know, as as we all know, and as we unfortunately get very rudely reminded almost on a daily basis it's a bad mean world out there and there is a lot of people that are selling selling you know uh remedies that just don't work yeah. e- either either in the in the technology field or in the in the cybersecurity field and, and and now with privacy becoming more and more and more a matter that has to be uh, integrated into operations, they're selling stuff and privacy. And especially if you hear buzzwords like, oh, my program is run by artificial intelligence and it will fry your eggs also on the side. <laughs> uh, we'll start going down that path is like, walk away. Just, just yeah, walk away. You. <laughs> you know, this, you know, we want, we want real, affordable, practical solutions that can help us deliver on our mission. Uh, and you are selling me, you know, snakeskin oil. So, you got to be careful. You got to be careful. You have to have, the bottom line is you have to have a trusted partner. The same way you have a lawyer, the same way you have a doctor, the same way you have any, your accountant, any of the many professionals that are clearly outside of your sphere of expertise, you need a trusted partner in uh, information technology, cybersecurity, and privacy. Sometimes there may be three different people to do this depending on the organization. Other times, if you find the right skill set, it can be one or two, but you got to have them. It is important and critical to your success and longevity. Well, it's good stuff, Chris. Uh, so, you know, that's all the time we have for today. But, you know, I'd like to thank so very much Chris Moskowitz. Did I say it right? Yes, you did. Chris Moskowitz. Wow. Okay. From Technology Management Group for coming on today's podcast. If you like today's podcast, please feel free to share it with a friend and also subscribe on your favorite podcasting app. Uh, the Nonprofit MBA has become very, very popular. We get a lot of downloads, and I really believe that we're really helping a lot of nonprofits with their um, uh, uh, operations, and um, I'm proud of that. If you like today's podcast, please give us a review on your podcast app to help us get the word out to other nonprofits. And of course, if you're looking for a line of credit for your nonprofit, you can call us at 862-207-4118 or visit our website at nonprofitmbapodcast.com. Chris, if people want to reach out to you uh, and get a hold of you, how can they do so? Uh, you can visit my website at uh, www.tmgr.com. That's Tom, Mary, George, Robert.com. That's the Information Technology Management Group. Uh, you can call me at uh, uh, 1-800-982-3332. My extension is 747. Uh, or you can email me. You can even email me at, uh, why don't we make it simple, at info at tmgr.com. Great. Chris, thanks for coming on today's podcast. The pleasure is mine. I was looking forward to this, and uh, it is a great podcast, and you offer an amazing service to the nonprofit community. So so thank you for having me. I look forward to working with you in the future. And to all our nonprofits, um, I just want to say thank you for all the work that you guys do. Um, You make the world a better place, and, you know, through every day you may forget that, but, you know, the work that you're doing is very much appreciated in this world. We all need to contribute. We all need to give back. 
and and you all do that every single day. So it is much appreciated. Everyone stay safe and please enjoy your day. The, the summer is right around the corner and this terrible mess of coronavirus hopefully will be behind us. Everybody enjoy and take care of yourself. 